I'm really happy to have another amazing career journey to share with you. A journey that started for this guest at 13 years old. Steve Harvey is my guest today and his story will be a lesson in the value of understanding your transferable skills. And much like Gary in Let Them Eat Cake or Zoe from Retail Speak to Legalese, that a strong work ethic can open doors for you. Steve wasn't particularly academic and followed an early path that was more vocational until he eventually saw an opening to move from hospitality to retail. With another move still to happen, his story continues to show us that that it can be impossible to see your end point when you make choices earlier on, but have faith that opportunities will still come to light. Steve, welcome so much to Amazing Careers. Hi, Laura. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm thrilled that you could be here. Uh, I don't want to delay into sharing your story with our wonderful listeners, so we'll dive straight in. Uh, You... Uh, I mentioned that your story started early on when you were just 13 years old and already at that point you'd fallen into uh, the the job that would would start you off on your journey. Tell us about that. Yeah, that's right. So at 13, I got a job in a local restaurant just washing up and uh, quite enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed earning some money. Uh, it was it was quite a fun place to work, although it was, was really, really busy. And, uh, and that was it. That was kind of the start of my my career in catering uh as you said i wasn't you know particularly academic and and during uh and during my washing up days you know the guy that owned the restaurant offered me uh, a chance to kind of go on an apprenticeship uh with him and 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 train as a chef so i thought i might as well go for it anything to get out of school really for me and uh, that was the start and i think you said that you had no advice at school really yeah, well, at school, you know, we had a, a careers teacher or, or, you know, like a careers fair, probably when I was about 15, 16, and they was talking about what I fancied doing. I said I fancied being a chef, and uh, I think for them it was just, okay, great, he knows what he's doing, we'll just let him do it. So they said, okay, get on with it then. And that was it. That was my careers advice. <laughs> <laughs> and when you have no other option, that seems like a, you know, a sensible thing to do. But the owner of the restaurant where you were doing the washing up and he did see something in you and offered to get you that first leg up, I think. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he, he got in touch with like the, the local YTS scheme as it was then. And and uh, they got me enrolled into, into college and I did one day a week at college and the rest of my days kind of running around the kitchen. But uh, but but yeah, when I look back, it's it's not it's not a move I regret. You know, it was a great it was a great opportunity for me, and and I left school straight into a job, which was which was really good. And I think people feel even nowadays, people feel that perhaps you do need those academic qualifications, but there's still paths I would imagine where you can sort of finish up, go straight from education or go straight from training into a into a job and as you say that does give you great skills still that you've carried through all of your roles um amazingly you not amazingly perhaps but you actually did really uh, you worked really hard and actually you end up working in some um you know pretty impressive restaurants yeah i i, I really kind of sunk my teeth into uh, into my catering career and uh, like I said, uh, you know, the restaurant that I worked at as, as a young kid, you know, he, my, my old boss, he did give me a good work ethic and, and push me and, and made sure that, you know, I worked hard with a good standard. And, and I just 
chanced my arm and tried to get into a few quality restaurants from around the country. Was prepared to work crazy hours for no money, and uh, and that's what a lot of commie chefs did at the time. You know, you you you'd beg a, a Michelin starred place for a job, offer to to sell yourself to them for peanuts, and uh, and they provided you with some accommodation. But it was it was great experience. I mean, I saw some great stuff and worked in some some good kitchens, and uh, it really did give me a good. Uh, grounding into not only a good work ethic and working hard, but a standard, you know, in those sorts of places, it had to be good. You know, second second place was no good for them. It had to be it had to be top draw. And I think it's fair to say that it's a pretty pressurised environment in a Michelin starred kitchen. Yeah, it can be pretty bonkers sometimes. <laughs> uh, and it, it, yeah, it, it was a, a lot of pressure, and the hours were long. You had no social life. But you, you know, all the all the chefs that were in the kitchen were in the same boat, and so you know there was there were tight families in the kitchens, and uh, you know we did have some, I did have some great times there. So it's, it's not something I regret. I enjoyed every minute of it. So we're not here today to um, sell the idea of being a chef as a career, which maybe just as well. But even. I mean, even at the age of 21, you actually uh, had, had already done pretty well in, in that career space and you were a head chef by that point. Yeah, 21, I, I uh, moved back to my hometown and went back to, to the restaurant where I first started my career and picked up the place as head chef. was there for a few years and then moved to a, a, another local restaurant uh, in the hotel, which was a really nice, really, really nice place. And uh, enjoyed probably ten years there as as head chef, working with some with some great guys. We had a we had a really good team. We were doing really well, and uh, really enjoyed it. And when we spoke earlier, you talked about the fact that you felt perhaps you'd made all your mistakes as a kid in the kitchen. Is what I've got here, which maybe meant that by the time you were a little bit older and you realised what that there maybe were other opportunities for you you'd already got the value out of those mistakes and were able to put the put those learnings into another environment yeah yeah definitely I think as a you know as, as a 21 year old head chef coming from from various you know quality places from around the country you know you you think you're brilliant and uh, and you learn quickly that that you can't you can you know you can't be like that you know, you need to build a team, and to build a team, you need to get respect, and uh, and you get respect by by treating people well, and, and by doing everything you can to show them what you've learned, and kind of pass on your knowledge and your skills, and and I and I think as a as a youngster, you know, it's, it's a lesson that I had to learn pretty quick and wrap my head around, and I'd like to think that you know, obviously, as you mature a bit, you start getting a bit wise, and you think oh, actually, I need to I need to change my way of thinking. And I think that's really helped my whole career to pass again. Mm. And we'll we'll talk about how that transferred into another industry in a moment. But you did get to a point where you you felt you you really couldn't really run around kitchens anymore, and you did actually decide to go back to college. Yeah, so it came a point, and I thought, you know, I, I, like I said, I enjoyed my catering career; it was brilliant, it was great fun. But I thought, you know, I'm working evenings and weekends, Christmas, New Year's, all this sort of stuff. And after the while, I think, I, I think I'm going to need a bit of a break from this. And I couldn't really picture myself running around the kitchen like headless chicken into my 40s. 
So I thought it's time for a bit of a change. So I enrolled in the HND in business management, and uh, and it was really good. It was it was quite tough, to, obviously going back to school, and and uh, but it was good, and it it opened my eyes to a to a lot of things that I probably knew about, but didn't really know about it from an academic point of view or really put it into practice is just something that I suppose, suppose for me was just was just the norm and off the back of that I really liked uh, things like leadership skills and business business ethics and stuff like that and was there anything in particular at that point in time that that made you think business management was what what made you make that decision about moving into t- doing that as a qualification uh because at the time I, I wanted to, I wanted to go into hotel management, and uh, the place I was working, they were like, "Well, we don't think you can do it," and, and that's the, probably the worst thing someone can say to me because I'm quite stubborn. And so I thought, right, okay, <laughs> so I get in, I'll, I'll get myself onto this HND and, and learn about business management and and what we should be doing. We should be doing in the hotel, and it worked. I took a next step into business management, uh, into the hotel management from. Uh, off the back of doing the HND, and that moved you then into uh, well, understanding more about running a business side of it. But they actually had no HR in the hotel either. I think is that right? No, definitely not. Back in them days, there was no HR, uh, <laughs> and so uh, as I did things like learning development and leadership, uh, I'm thinking, crikey, we've got big gaps here, and we're not doing any of this stuff uh and, and that was something that i really wanted to kind of i really wanted to push and uh off the back of that i started looking for new opportunities and that's where really the next the big jump really where you really move sectors from that yeah yeah that's right so a local uh a local supermarket was opening and they were advertising for department managers and uh, I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll perhaps I need to make a jump and, and look at something different. And so I went along for the interview, spoke to uh, who was going to be my next new boss, really great guy, uh, really helped me along. And uh, I got chatting to him and, and really enjoyed really enjoyed our conversation. And lucky enough, I was I was offered a role in, into uh, to kind of get into into food retail. And so I used my catering skills to kind of, <clears throat> for the food aspect of the retail, because of the, the market street and the fresh food and everything. And uh, that was it. That was the kind of kickstart of my uh, of my, my my next career, I suppose. And I do like to challenge people when they say, you know, I got myself a job here or I was lucky enough to do that. I think we, we did dive a bit deeper into this because when you have originally told me this story, I was thinking, well, what? you know, what are the transferable skills from running a hotel to running a section in a in a supermarket? But actually you were like, well, no, it would be quite obvious. So tell us a bit about those transferable skills. Yeah. So obviously as, as a as a as a head chef and a and a hotel manager, I mean I was organizing stuff 24-7, ordering, organizing, you know, dealing with holidays, people queries, uh, you know, even finance or you know, you, you're running a you're running a small family-run hotel, and uh, it's important that, that you get that right because if if you get that wrong, you, you're talking about you know a, a family's work down the down the pan, mm-hmm. and uh, so 
when it comes to running departments in a supermarket, it's it's it's, it's similar. You've you've got you've got jobs that need to be done. You've got priority jobs. You've got rotors, etc. Need to be done. You've got a team that you need to lead and train and make sure they're all doing the job properly. And so, the leadership skills just naturally fell into place. Uh, things like the rotors and the schedules, that sort of stuff. I mean, I was doing that all the time anyway. And uh, just a general eye for detail, good standard, making sure that what you're doing is, you know, the best it can be. And, uh, and again, back to my to my days as a wash, my days as a washer up, good work ethic. Mm. You know, you go to work every day and you're like, okay, we're, we're going to bosh this out every day. And uh, and kind of just, just hit it hard every day. And people see you doing that and that's worth a lot, isn't it? So, and you're, you actually made what to me sounds like quite a big jump after 12 months when you, when you've been at Morrison's for 12 months, but it was interesting. I think you'd already had an inkling from that time of running the hotel when the value of what an HR function could bring, you mentioned, you realized in the hotel that there was no L and D or no people processes. So after 12 months at Morrison's, you actually did apply for an HR manager role. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I had a, a, some things going on, you know, out, outside of work, and I thought, you know what, uh, an opportunity come up, and I thought I've got to go for it, and uh, so I applied, I applied for a uh, store personnel manager's job, and went went along for the interview, prepped myself as best I could. So to be fair, it was pretty green at interviews because uh, from my whole catering career, I. I've jumped from job to job purely just based on uh, reputation or, or or my experience, not necessarily getting interviewed. Uh, and so I was lucky. Someone, someone in uh, you know in, in the supermarket took a punt on me, and uh, it, it worked worked out well. Moved I moved area as part of the uh, as part of the process. Uh, so it was a big step for me, and uh, yeah. It just kind of just went on from there, really. And again, you've mentioned one of those phrases that I try and expand a bit on, a bit more on in these conversations where you said, I was lucky enough someone took a punt on me. And I do like to challenge people on that a little bit because it, it sounds like you've been able to build great relationships, you've had a great work ethic, you've described before about how people would just throw stuff at you and you would just find a way to figure it out and make it happen. And I, I want people to have some confidence that you don't just have to rely on lucky, lucky opportunities, but actually you can perhaps unknowingly you're creating your own luck by the way you're working and the way you're interacting with people and people want to help you. Yeah. I think after we, after we, we chatted before, I, I think I thought about this a lot more, uh, you know, after talking to you, and, and you're right. I mean, you need someone that can see something in you for sure, or someone mm. that's, that's got the ability to look beyond what they see on a piece of paper or a CV, uh, but on, but also there is that side of it that I've always worked hard. I would always go to work and just throw everything at it and, and attack it, and and that does get you respect off off your if you've got a decent boss, that will get you respect off your boss. You've got to go to work and you've got to attack it every day, and you just got to have a go. You just got to chuck yourself chuck yourself at it and and see what comes out of that. And and like I said. I, I think when I say I was lucky, I had good bosses. I have had some really good bosses, but on the other hand, I've had quite a good employee when I've exactly. had me because I've always worked really, really hard, and they know that I'll have a crack at anything. And so I suppose it's that it's that playoff 
you know, it's that kind of 50-50 relationship, I think. So we've covered a few years and you've gone from dishwasher to <laughs> chef to hotel manager to store manager and now you're an HR manager and you do take a bit of a lateral step which uh, with your next move, which I think is also really worth highlighting because all steps will add value, even though on the surface they might not be upwards, but they still give you new skills, new connections, new ways of thinking about things. Yeah, for sure. I, I knew that I, you know, I, I knew I was I was new into HR, and uh, I had. I mean, I did have some experience, and and the stores that I worked at were were crazy bonkers places, and you know, were brilliant to work in, um, and gave me a lot of experience. But I knew that I'd need to take a, a side step before I tried to move up because I needed more experience of a different environment. So I went from retail into logistics. So still a. Uh, crazy fast-paced environment but obviously different food retail was all about fresh 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 products get out get out the uh, out to sell nothing's going to sell in the warehouse kind of thing to to logistics which again was fast pace clearing the warehouse getting rid of the parcels moving through you know moving through those those sorts of things so uh so yeah t- took a side step really enjoyed my next eight years uh which taught me a lot. I, again, I, as usual, I just chucked myself at it and, and uh, kind of went for it full on like I normally do. Made some great relationships, you know, met some met some brilliant people, and and again had, had some really fantastic teams. And uh, I've really enjoyed working with them. And actually, while you're at UBS, uh, UPS, sorry, you threw yourself not only into the job, but you then decided to. Hey, why not just add a degree into the mix? <laughs> yeah. So uh, at this point, uh, I mean, again, you know, I would say I was lucky. UPS was doing a degree program, uh, which was like a, a three-year program. So I, I I got offered the opportunity to do it. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, let's go for it. Uh, loved it and hated it. It was a really painful experience for me at some points. Um, but I don't, I don't regret it. It, it it was brilliant. It's again that has taught me a lot, and uh, but it was painful. It it mm. was painful. I mean, it's a lot of. T- I mean, I had a young family, and you're working full time, and you're trying to do your degree as well. You know, and squeeze it in wherever you can. And uh, it was it was hard work. It really was hard work. And I think if anybody's going to do that, it it is tough. But it's worth it. It's, you just got to keep thinking about what's that end product going to be, and uh, and yeah, my you know, like I said, my degree taught me a lot, and I don't regret doing it. And people do say that actually, the harder something is, almost the more rewarding it will be when the time comes. So, as you said, it's kind of keeping that end end vision in sight wherever possible. Yeah, definitely. Uh, mm. And I think probably at the time, midway through my degree, I probably didn't realise. Uh, I felt like it ended up being a bit of a tick box exercise for me, and I lost probably lost sight of of what the end was going to look like. So I think the biggest the biggest learning curve out of that experience would be just keep looking at what it's going to be like at the end, mm. how painful it gets in the middle. Mm. So you've talked about the fact you've always worked in fast-paced environments, whether it's hotel kitchens and chefing kitchens, which are 
well known for being fast paced and they're moving into Morrison's, which you had to sort of get the food off the shelves and then you go to logistics. And then as you you're now working, um, well, I'll, I'll let you describe who you work for, but you you now work with buses, which I guess we could also fast pace if there's traffic. If there's no traffic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. So now I've uh, after uh, UPS, I was given an opportunity to uh, to work at, work at RATB Dev Transit London, and uh, my new boss Fiona is amazing, and I really love working there. <clears throat> and again, another another fast paced environment, but I, I really like that. I really like that fast paced kind of flying around kind of thing. Uh, it's what I think it's just what I'm used to. Ever since I was 13, I've been working in an environment that's probably a little bit crazy, some would say. And uh, yeah, it's you know another another great opportunity was kind of offered to me, uh, and uh, so I jumped at that. With, obviously, we've uh, rubbed that with both hands. And the interesting thing now is you're on that, and maybe have been for a while. You're on that other side of the interviewing table now. So we've spoken before about what you look for when you're interviewing people yeah i think that during my during my chefing days i actually went for an interview with the aa because i thought i really quite like the idea of becoming an AA food inspector and uh, i went for an interview with the AA. god the interview was brutal uh and i come out of there feeling really beaten up and when i moved into hr i thought do you know what i'm never going to do that to someone i'm never going to do that to someone so if i'm interviewing someone I'm not going to ask you to give me a load of, I'm not going to ask you a load of prescriptive questions. I want to talk to you. I want to know what you like, you know, what, what do you enjoy? What, what do you like about work? What don't you like about work? What do you think is a good boss? And what do you think a bad boss looks like? Now and I think when you're interviewing, they're really important. It's important to have a conversation, have a chat, rather than make someone feel uncomfortable and push them for a load of prescriptive answers. Well, that tells me, in my opinion, it just tells me how well someone can prepare for an interview and, 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 you know, come up with a response to a prescriptive question. Yeah, and so much of what you share in an interview, or sorry, so much of what you learn on the job can be learnt, and so and then a big chunk of it can't be learnt, and it's that kind of attitude that you can't really teach that you need to uncover in that interview yeah. process. Yeah, definitely, and with, and with things like HR, a lot of HR is, is, is experience. You know, you, you come across some scenarios that you can't train for a scenario. And I'm sure there are plenty of jobs that, that have got the, uh, you know, have got the same, the same process. A lot of it's experience. You need to rely on your experience. And that experience might not necessarily be in HR. That experience might be your, your life experience. Different life experiences will give you a different outlook on, on, on what's going on. And when someone comes to you with a problem, for example, but your life experience might really be able to help that person in that situation. There's a lot more to it than just, you know, a qualification. Going a little bit off script here, this is making me think of my first thoughts when I started interviewing people, uh, not as a line manager, but to join a company. And it made me realise how much when you're interviewing someone, you really want that person to be the person you're looking for. Interviewing takes up time. You've got a gap that you need to fill. You've other people are filling that gap, or you're spreading the work out across people. Everyone's really busy. You really want the person you're interviewing to be the right person. So asking these questions that are going to trip them up and make them uncomfortable and not help them perform their best 
just seemed a pointless to me. And it gave me such a conf- lot of confidence when I was then interviewing, knowing that the person that I was talking to, the hiring manager or the hiring HR person, probably was sat there thinking, please be the person we want to hire. Yeah, I think uh, I think there is pressure. So there might be pressure, you know, you might, you might have a vacancy open for a little while or, or you know, but you've got to take your, I think you've got to take your time and find the right person. And I don't think, like I said before, I think talking, uh, you know, asking the right questions and just finding what someone's like. I would, I would take someone who's got a real good attitude to work and wants to get stuck in and, uh, and we'll just jump into whatever you, you need to do, you know, every, every day of the week. Because I think that, you know, if they've got the right attitude, you can teach anybody anything if they've mm-hmm. got the right attitude. And that goes back to my catering days, you know, when we were chefing and, and we used to having trainee chefs and stuff come through the kitchens and stuff like that. As long as they had the right attitude, we can teach them anything. If it takes a little bit longer, that's fine because, you, you know, they've got the right attitude, you know they're going to get there in the end. And, and I think that's so, that's so important. Sometimes perhaps maybe overlooked a little bit over a CV or maybe a qualification. So the idea of this podcast is the trying to help people understand that although you can't see round the corners of a career, you can't even see a straight path, you can't even see any path, you don't even have a path, but that still every experience you have will add to the next experience and that will just continue to build and then eventually you'll be somewhere that that does feel right. Uh, thinking about so thinking about that and your story and the fact that we've covered being a chef to a hotel manager to a Morrison store manager to an HR manager to logistics and now working in the global transport business that you're in. Um, that thinking of that 13 year old Steve, what would this Steve tell that 13 year old Steve? Uh, do, do you know I wouldn't. I wouldn't change my career path. I would say, I, I think, you know, when, when kids are 13, 16, 18, and they're trying to think about what they're going to do as a career for the rest of their lives, I mean, I, I think, you know, how, how are you going to do a job at 18, pick a job at 18 and do that job for the rest of your, for the rest of your working career? The chances are you probably are going to take a, a, a career swerve or, or try something different. I think just you just got to go for it. I think don't underestimate your transferable skills. Everything you're doing in in your in your working life as a 13 year old paper person, washer upper, whatever, you know, they're, they're look, it's all it's all good grounded for you for you later on in your later on in your career. And, and the more you can kind of get out of those jobs, the better. So I think don't underestimate your transferable skills. I think that's probably the the biggest message I'd, I'd give to someone. Wonderful, and I love it that it's someone who's actually not done that, uh, that, that sharing that piece of advice. So thank you so much for that. Um, I think that's a perfect place for us to end. Thank you so much for your time, Steve. Um, I know that Steve is happy for people to get in touch with him on LinkedIn if you'd like to find out more. So you can find him. He's Steve Harvey at uh, the company he works at is RATP Dev Transit. My name's Laura Parker. You've listened to another episode of Amazing Careers. I would love to hear from you and you can reach me on lozalovuk at outlook.com, L-O-Z-Z-A-L-U-V-U-K at outlook.com. Until the next time.